Local news, talk, sports, and the hits of the 60s, 70s, and 80s. Kane 107.5. Good morning, uh, Bayou Sports, and well, welcome to Kane Radio, FM 107.5 and AM 1240. Uh, this morning, gee, a hodgepodge of things to talk about. Of course, Major League Baseball had their Hall of Fame ceremonies over the weekend. XFL was missed, ra- m- missed it again this year. Yeah, uh, did you? Well, I did not make the cut. Seven, seven honorees uh, for Major League Baseball. XFL getting going. Of course, some more Saints news. As you heard in the uh, AP News, uh, Pete Maverick uh, put up a statue for him outside the PMAC. Of course, the arena name for him. Trades in baseball, uh, August 2nd deadline. they got a lot going on there. And, of course, the Sunbelt Media Day over in the New Orleans area at the Sheraton. As the uh, UL Raging Cajuns, uh, Mike Desimone, New Iberia native, will be uh, present for the uh, Cajuns. Anyway, uh, also another major league news: uh, the Cardinals are the next team that uh, are going to lose a few players that aren't vaccinated heading to Toronto. So a lot of little things going on, but let's let's crank it off with uh, the Hall of Fame ceremonies yesterday. Uh, Jeff, uh, Big Poppy, uh, of course, who played uh, from '97 to 2016, a Red Sox great, uh, one of just four players to hit 500 homers and win three World Series, joining Babe Ruth, Mickey Mantle, and Reggie Jackson. Of course, uh, enough said. Big Poppy's still doing the commercials, I think, on uh, television. Uh, one of the uh, truly uh, great Red Sox fans. A lot of people forget he played with, uh, I believe, Cleveland mm-hmm. and Minnesota, I think. Didn't he play with Minnesota Absolutely. for a short term? Anyway, uh, also Gil Hodges, the great Gil Hodges, uh, who for 50 years uh, dying of a heart attack uh, at the age of 47 Dodgers slugger, of course, he was the manager of the amazing Mets at 69 uh, series where they beat the Orioles. Uh, Jim uh, Gil Hodges, uh, just a remarkable man. Uh, he was uh, part of that Dodger infield that was together, God, eight or nine years with uh, Jackie Robinson at second, Pee Wee Reese at short, and uh, Billy Cox at third base. Elsewhere, Jim Cott, Hall of Fame pitcher now, uh, 16-time Gold Glove winner. A lot of people didn't realize that. Cott, of course, about 6'5", about 210 pounds. Uh, played for the Twins for many years. Ended up winning a ring uh, with the Cardinals in 82 uh, that he faced both Ted Williams and Julio Franco. Uh, and that's saying something for uh, uh, Jim Cott. Meanwhile, Buck O'Neill, boy, the ambassador of the of Negro Leagues back in the day, uh, he just, uh, what a great sight for him to see him get into the Hall of Fame. Uh, Buck O'Neill, always talking baseball and promoting it. Uh, of course, he played with the Kansas City Monarchs uh, in the old Negro Leagues. Anywhere elsewhere, Minnie Minoso. I remember the great Minnie Minoso. They called him the Cuban Comet, whose career began in the Negro Leagues and was the first black Latino to play in Major League Baseball when he debuted with uh, the Indians back in 1949. Also played with the White Sox for many oh, years, many too. Many years. Played, played four decades That's right. with the, the White Sox. Uh, not necessarily contiguously, but they'd wheel them out there uh, once a decade. Yeah, in, I think in, to pinch in. In huh? the 70s and 80s. As a DH, uh, yeah, I think. Something uh, to that effect. You know, he, along Tim McCarver and Ted Williams, who are four-decade players, too. Uh, McCarver with the Cardinals, Phillies. And uh, also uh, Ted Williams, of course, with just the Red Sox. He started in 39 and ended up in 1964 decades. Enough said right there. Tony Oliva, uh, a great Minnesota Twins hitter, 
who was from Cuba also, is one of two players since 1882 to win the batting title as a rookie. The other was Ichio, uh, did it in 2001. I always thought Al Kaline might have won it as a rookie, but uh, maybe he was just 20 years old at the time. Bud Fowler, uh, they considered to be the first uh, black player in pro baseball. Fowler grew up in Cooperstown and is buried 25 miles from the Hall of Fame. And, uh, of course, he was back in the day uh, in the early 1900s and late uh, 1800s uh, when he made his prowess. Elsewhere, um, the other players, too, uh, in that regard. So uh, seven go in and uh, to the Hall of Fame. Uh, great ceremonies. Of course, Big Poppy kind of took it over, too. <laughs> anyway, uh, it was just a great day for the Hall of Famers. So uh, in that, Jeff, um, so what more can I say? Just uh, some greats. Uh, Jim Cat didn't realize he'd won that many gold clubs, but a mm. great fielder along with Greg Maddox, who won a lot of gold gloves. Uh, I think he was at – 14 or 13 gold gloves at the time uh and some of those guys like ozzy smith and brooks robinson of course robinson played some years where they didn't have a gold glove i think the gold glove was initiated sometime back in the late 50s early 60s along with the silver slugger award uh, those uh, awards were announced elsewhere um i guess uh, the rock has got it going right now jeff uh the XFL. <laughs> <We'll see. laughs> Uh, anyway, uh, the XFL uh, getting cranked up again. The XFL 3-0 and the USFL 2-0. Uh, meanwhile, in 2019, we had the AAF. In 2020, we had the rebooted XFL. And then uh, 2022, we had the reboot of the USFL. And now we'll have the re-reboot of the XFL and the rebooted USFL at the same time. So, uh not sure how that's going to be. They announced the uh, teams, eight teams. Arlington, where Choctaw Stadium, Bob Stoops is going to be the coach. Houston. Do, do you know ahead. what Choctaw Stadium is? Can't say that I do. I, I was thinking they might because the old Rangers ballpark is still. It's still up? Yeah, and, and they've used it for certain events, and it may have been renamed that. I, I doubt it for some reason, but. I'm kind of curious. I, I thought maybe they'd play in Frisco, but uh, apparently that's not the case. Yeah, Houston's the other. Uh, they're going to play in TDECU Stadium. Uh, Wade Phillips is going to be the head coach for Houston. Orlando uh, Camping World Stadium, Terrell Buckley, a fine cornerback. Uh, I think he was with the Packers for many years. In Las Vegas, it's the stadium's to be determined. Uh, yeah, it is. Uh, getting back to Choctaw Stadium, it is the old uh, Rangers ballpark. Okay. The ballpark right. at Arlington. All right. Yeah, they seem like they're uh, still building stadiums in Arlington. Yeah. <laughs> Elsewhere uh, in Orlando, like I said, uh, Terrell Buckley's going to be the coach, Camping World Stadium, wherever that is, uh, over in Orlando. They, they play a lot of bowl games there. Oh, that's true. You're right about no, that. Yeah, Citrus Bowl and a bunch of other ones. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, I remember in, one year LSU played, and they were st- it still had natural grass. And by the time LSU's bowl game came to be, uh, the turf was a mess. A Did they play the Tangerine mess. Bowl there, too, maybe yeah, in maybe, Orlando? Maybe. Elsewhere, uh, of course, uh, Las Vegas, Rod Woodson, they're, they're to be determined what stadium they'll play in there. Yeah, there is a chance Legion Field, maybe. Really? They're still holding out some hope, but again, I, I can't picture it. Yeah, that'd be the farthest uh, west they'd go. In that regard, San Antonio, the Alamo Dome, Heinz Ward, former Steeler, will be the uh, head coach there. In Seattle, uh, didn't realize Seattle, Jim Haslett, a name out of the past for St. Fams. Lumen Field was where the Seattle team will play. 
in St. Louis, the Dome America Center. Uh, Anthony Beck will be the uh, coach for the St. Louis team. And I hadn't heard yet the monikers for some of these teams. Of course, in Washington, D.C., Audie Field, Reggie Barlow will be the uh, new uh, coach for that team. Uh, the three new cities replaced New York, Los Angeles, and Tampa Bay, which drew the lowest average attendance in 2020. Of course, uh, the co-owner, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, uh, uh, he's going to be the man uh, pulling this on. I think he paid uh, what fifteen million for the rights to the XFL somewhere in that vicinity. And I still don't know why. Yeah, I mean, one they were bankrupt, and yes. why? What are you buying their equipment? You know, I, I have no idea what he bought other than the name. That's right. Because uh, again, uh, and you should have got him at a better bargain than that. Yeah, he paid fifteen million for Goodwill. That's what it looks like. Uh, anyway, um, so we'll see how that's going to all come to f- fruition in that regard. In August of 2020, of course, Vince uh, McMahon owned the, the league, had sold it for $50 million to Dwayne uh, The Rock Johnson and his ex-wife, business partner Danny Garcia, and Redbird Capital Partners. McMahon, who also founded the original XFL in 2001, retired as a WWE chairman and CEO Friday amid uh, – flurry of sexual misconduct allegations. It looks like that's the lead stories for a lot of these athletes today with their problems. Looking ahead, the XFL 3.0 will have some competition when it launches next spring. The USFL 2.0 recently completed its 2022 campaign. is coming back for more. The Foxstone USFL ended year one on a high note with a thrilling championship game and is the first spring league without NFL ties last beyond one season uh, with the original USFL in 83 to 85. Leagues will compete for players, fans, especially in Houston, which I forgot. It's got two teams in Houston now. The USFL games will be played in two to four uh, markets in 2003 after Birmingham hosted all eight teams this year. And uh, how you'll be watching or not watching the XFL games will air on the Disney platforms, which is ABC, ESPN, ESPN2, Fox, ESPN+. And while the USFL will air on Fox and Fox Sports 1 and possibly NBC, which had some uh, games this year. So uh, anyway, interesting, Jeff. I don't know if you got some thoughts uh, on that before maybe we move on to uh, some track and field. My thoughts about the XFL are that after the NFL season's over, I'm glad there's hockey. That's uh, my thoughts about the XFL and the USFL for the yeah. most part, too. Yeah, it's uh, – I don't know uh, why these guys, but who knows. Uh, maybe just uh, ego egotism, I, I'm not sure. But one thing track and field I wanted to bring up, uh, uh, Mondo Duplantis set the world mark uh, and won the world championship uh, over in uh, or Eugene, Oregon. He pole vaulted 20 feet, four and a half inches uh, to take the gold, and not only the gold, but set a world record. Uh, so the Lafayette uh, native uh, uh, jumping, I uh, should say, vaulting for his team and, uh, from Sweden. And uh, he uh, sets another world mark. Just uh, wow, just unbelievable uh, what Mondo Duplantis has done. Uh, and, you know, his first name escapes me. Mondo. Armand, I believe. Yeah, it is. And I think uh, sets a world record. So what more can you say in that regard? Um, Lafayette native, I think, holds the indoor and the outdoor record now. And uh, amazing what he's done. Of course, there were a lot of people a little disappointed in him when he declared that he was going to be jumping for Sweden back in the Olympic Games last year in Japan. And, uh, of course, won the gold medal. And uh, 
Um, but, you know, he told his mom that uh, he'd compete for uh, Sweden one day, and he kept to his word. And, you know, he pole vaulted many years for LSU and moved on and pole vaulting in Europe now where there's a lot more money uh, available to uh, for him. And I uh, was just looking for that story in the meantime, but uh, can't find it with regards to Mondo setting the world mark at 20 feet, four and a half inches. Uh, that's pretty impressive uh, when you got to get up on a rely on a pole in that regard, <laughs> Jeff. I just I just can't see that uh, taking place. So in the meantime, uh, he sets a world mark, and uh, just uh, just a fabulous job for that young man. What more can you say? Just uh, incredible. You wonder how long he'll continue jumping to in the pole vault. Elsewhere, uh, Jeff, uh, of course, the Saints uh, begin. Spring training, I guess you can't call it spring training. We've got to call it uh, fall workouts, uh, preseason. It's training camp. Yeah, training camp it's begins training camp. Uh, this Wednesday. And still a lot of talk. Uh, seems like uh, they might have uh, Alvin Kamara for the full season due to the fact that uh, uh, he's got an August 1st, I think, date. But uh, their writers are seeming to think that uh, – it won't take place till maybe after the season. Yeah, you know the, the NFL is keeping an eye on the situation. Yeah. Uh, but uh, you know, I saw one story in the Bleacher Report uh, uh, based on ESPN's uh, Jeremy Fowler. He reported Saturday that the NFL is monitoring all legal developments, but hasn't set a timetable to decide whether Kamara will be punished. Pro Football Talks Mike Florio previously reported Kamara. Kamara. Camaro was bracing for a suspension of at least six games, and that seems to be uh, the standard in this kind of situation. Taken into custody by police in Vegas after playing in the Pro Bowl, charged with battery, resulting in substantial bodily harm after allegedly, not allegedly, we saw the video, punching another man multiple times inside a Vegas casino. Uh, Again, court date scheduled for August 1st. This is back in February. Goodell right. said that league security was informed of the situation before the Pro Bowl. That Las Vegas Metro Police asked to meet with Kamara after the contest. Um, but uh, Drew Feindling, Kamara's lawyer, announced that he would launch an investigation as well. The NFL has the ability to punish players under the personal conduct policy, even if not found guilty in a court of law. Uh, but he, whether he pleads guilty or goes the, to trial, he will face something yeah i agree with you and uh of course the saints uh having uh that thought process you know ingram will be 33 i think i read an article in december tony jones uh washington couple other backs you know they tried to bring in uh sonny michelle after the nfl draft of course they outbid uh all kind of other teams for baylor running back abram smith who a lot of people think uh, might be uh, a great find for the saints uh, a la pierre thomas and last month they brought in veteran David Johnson for a tryout, and and they did the same a few days ago with the USFL standout back Darius Victor. Uh, no one's in a panic mode. They seem to think out of the Saints' uh, uh, headquarters. Uh, the Saints will have Kamara, one of the you know he's he is a dynamic back, and uh, the the Saints are just uh, just waiting uh, on uh, officials. Clearly, we'd like to see them bolster the position. So. Uh, I'm not sure who might be out there. Uh, a lot of teams, um, they got a few teams that are loaded at running back. So we'll see uh, come cut down time. Uh, you know, the Saints have been known to pick up players late and play pretty well. Last year they picked up the cornerback, 
from uh, Houston. Of course, nobody knew that Adebo was going to have the freshman year, I should say freshman year, rookie year that he had for the Saints uh, in that regard. So uh, the Saints have uh, picked up backs and players uh, over a period of time late in the uh, the spring training. Uh, we'll see how that's going to come about. You know, also um, some other names that come to mind, Jeremy Shockey, Mark Simino, Scott Shanley were all acquired either before or during the right after training camp to fortify the roster. So, uh uh, the Saints um, yeah, players get cut, uh, find other opportunities, oh, yeah. and what doesn't work for a guy in Houston may work in New Orleans. So. That's right. That's right. So, uh, and you know, the Saints over the years, the Saints have had uh, a pretty good one-two punch at running back. You know, the old Thunder and Lightning with Muncie and Tony Galbraith, along with Dalton Hillier and Ruben Mays, Deuce McAllister and Reggie Bush, and of course Pierre Thomas and Darren Sproles. So, the Saints have always had a pretty good combo, but. They didn't have a combo where their running back was going to be disciplined uh, mm-hmm. as many as six or more games. So we'll see how that's all going to come about. But the Saints are uh, getting ready to uh, open uh, training camp over in New Orleans in Metairie. And um, I think their first game is sometime in uh, August, maybe August 11th or 12th, somewhere in there. I want to say they're a Friday night opener, uh, which would be the 12th, I think. Okay. Anyway, and they, we mentioned earlier on the show, don't have those numbers in front of me, but there are a few days where a few fans would like to go down to New Orleans and watch them practice. If you go to the Saints website, that info is there. But again, I caution you, check the forecast because uh, when it rains, they take everything inside and fans are not allowed uh, right. inside. So just check the forecast, make sure before you hit the road anyway. Uh, there are some other things to do in New Orleans, oh, yes. if you wish, but... Uh, um, you know, Michael Thomas still a question mark, too. Um, uh, yeah. You know, I know a lot of fans had to be somewhat deflated when they heard the news that he was going to be on the pup list or physical unable to perform list as they opened training camp. But uh, Ian Rappaport with the NFL Network did say that he should be cleared at some point early in camp. It's almost like with Michael Thomas, though. I'll believe it when I see it. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, until... Uh I see him out there wearing number 13 jersey and catching balls. Uh, we'll see how that's all going to come. But in the meantime, uh, Saints uh, looking for another run. They're not in a panic mode. I guess the August 1st date, trial date, uh, uh, will kind of set things in motion. But I don't see that trial taking place uh, during the season, Jeff. I don't know about you, but it, uh, I'm sure his attorney will have it continued. I think he needs to plead guilty, get this over with, uh you know, do what he can to uh, do a mea culpa and get this over with. And this is a criminal. I'd rather I'd rather lose him early in the season yeah. than later. Yeah. You know, if that were to be the case. But also, you got to be reminded this is a criminal side of it. There's a civil side of it that's going to come up also yeah. in that regard with the 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 person they punched and kicked and whatever. Uh, I'm sure there's going to be some kind of civil negotiations in that regard. So. Uh, uh, it's not over. It's far from over. But uh, like you said, if he'd plead and and pay a fine, and uh, would he do some time? I'm not sure. But I, I uh, really don't. Unless there's some priors, I think he might avoid jail time. And I don't know about uh, how his rap sheet may or may not look. So that's all going to – of course, you still have the NFL, the, the judge up in uh, Washington looking at all of this, uh, and she's going to make a recommendation to the NFL. But uh, – 
the commission is going to have the final say so whatever she says so with the exception that if uh, she says no uh, punishment for Deshaun Watson then I, I don't know what's going on in Houston by the way did you see another arrest of a uh, Houston Texan yes and again the culture of that organization I, I hate to cast a wide net but uh, there, there seemed John uh, Mechie the third oh no no He's diagnosed with yeah, leukemia. That's right. That that's boy, you're going uh, a long way to avoid playing for the Houston Texans when you, boy, uh, you get kid. leukemia. But who am I thinking of? Who's the uh, player? Uh, it's not. Uh, oh yeah. Oh gee. Uh, oh, it's it's one of their. Yeah, I was looking. I'm just going through some notes here uh, to see who that may be. Uh, oh, man, they got so many. Uh, uh, I can't see who that is with uh, regards to the Houston team. Um, I thought I had tagged it. I must have just tagged the uh, other Texan story there. The yeah, Oklahoma with the young piece. man from Alabama. You know, didn't he miss the last part of the year with a torn ACL? I think he missed the championship game. And I, I think he tore it in the SEC championship game, if my memory serves me correct. Uh, Mitchie, Mitchie uh, the young man from Alabama. Uh, yeah, I can't find uh, the Houston young man that's uh, kind of made the news in that regard. But, uh, yeah, that you got to think uh, with Watson's issues and he moving on to uh, the Browns. Of course, I see where uh, they had uh, – let's see if they – maybe in the Michi uh, story they might have something about uh, the young man from uh, Houston that uh, is in some uh, kind of trouble also uh, – uh, they talk about different teams and all with regards to that. So I'm looking up. I don't know if you found maybe an article dealing with a young man that uh, that has all the other issues. Darius Anderson. Yes, and, yes. You know, arrested on burglary with intent to commit assault charge uh, ahead of camp. So that's what it was. Yeah, he's he's got some issues, too, in that regard. So, uh Anyway, uh, a lot going on in the NFL right now. And uh, also I saw some uh, early uh, predictions, or, or I should say betting lines now is the term I need to recall, on uh, who might be the Heisman Trophy winner <laughs> in that regard. Can you believe that? They're rating guys right now about that. Anyway, we're going to talk about that and uh, a lot more, you all, and some about uh, media days. Uh, possibly some baseball trades they're talking about a couple big ones with the angels so uh with that and maybe some more saint news but uh, we're going to go ahead and take our first break you're listening to kane radio fm 1075 and am 1240 with bayou sports we'll be back with more right after this hey guys if you're looking for the top golf experience in iberia parish you need to look no further than kane row golf and turf club low or high handicappers will enjoy the beautiful greens the recently refurbished sand traps and incredibly plush fairways And by the way, you don't have to be a golfer to enjoy Cane Row. The brand new clubhouse sports some of the best burgers, pizza, wings, and many other choices along with absolutely the best, most potent margaritas that you've ever tried. So whether it's golf, food, or just some fun, come to Cane Row and enjoy. The Quarter Tavern is the premier spot for live music. Be there this Thursday for Southern Jack Productions. Remember, never a cover at the Quarter Tavern. 19 TVs has you covered for sports. No bar with more outdoor seating. Quarter Tavern, 910 East Main across from McDonald's. The best drink prices in DeBerry. Domestic beer now just $2. Imports $3 all day, every day, other than during bands and special benefits. And don't forget, Quarter Tavern now serving fresh fruit, margaritas, and daiquiris. 
Nowadays, none of us can be without adequate insurance coverage, but we still want to be sure we're getting the best value for the money. That's why so many people call the Schwing Insurance Agency to get a quote. The Schwing family has been handling the insurance needs of businesses and homeowners for almost 80 years. You can depend on Schwing Insurance to find the coverage you need at the best price. So before you buy a new policy or renew an existing one, call the Schwing Insurance Agency for a quote at 365-2357. Schwing Insurance, 300 East Main, across from the shadows. With more than 50 years of pain diagnosis and pain relief experience, Headache and Pain Center offers the latest in interventional pain relief techniques at two locations in Gray and here in New Iberia. Compassionate board certified physicians and the caring staff offer minimally invasive ultrasound and fluoroscopy guided procedures that diminish or eliminate pain without open surgery, opioids, or major downtime. When you're in pain, you know who to call. Headache and Pain Center, 337-560-0880 or go to answer to pain.com. Is it time for a new roof or to repair the old one? Hi, this is Jake Blanchard with LA Classic Roofing. We're a third generation roofing contractor that has been in the business for over 70 years. As a locally owned and operated company, we're also licensed and insured for your peace of mind. We offer free estimates and a $100 referral fee for full roof replacement. Check us out on Facebook at LA Classic Roofing. And the number to call is 465-3888. LA Classic Roofing, professional roofing solutions since the 1950s. Now back to Bayou Sports on the all-new Kane 107.5. Welcome back to Bayou Sports here on this Monday, July the 25th. And, uh, you know, like I mentioned, football, college football season is just right around the corner, about five weeks from now, and football will be back, and uh, there's no greater time of the year for, for you uh, football winners. Anyway, as teams are beginning to wrap up their respective uh, conference media days, uh, of course, we'll have the Sun Belt uh, later on uh, tomorrow. We'll talk a little bit that, about that later on in the show. And uh, all eyes, uh, of course, uh, college football. And would you believe it or not, they have even said about the odds now. Uh, last season, you know, the Alabama quarterback, Bryce Young, uh, took home uh, the Heisman Trophy for the second consecutive year, a Crimson Tide player. Of course, uh, a year and a half ago, it was a young man from Amit that won the Heisman and uh, now in the NFL. But uh, he's then the second overall pick. Um, the tie player to win the award was a defensive player. They're talking about maybe a defensive player winning it this year as uh, the young man from uh, Alabama, the linebacker, is uh, Will Anderson. Is uh, He's closing the gap on uh, thought process. So the last, I think, defensive player to win the Heisman was a young man. His name escapes me. beat out Peyton Manning for the Heisman back in 97 from Michigan. Desmond Howard? Yeah. No, Desmond... Was that a few years? He was no, a wide no, receiver. He was a, a, the cornerback. Yeah, and he also played low low. Yeah, and, uh, he won the Heisman uh, back in '97. Beat out, uh, and that, there was a story about that I saw recently too. That uh, somebody uh, really cut uh, Peyton Manning out, uh, and the young man from Michigan. Uh, when Desmond Howard, he was from Michigan, but uh, it was a few years later. He Charles also, Woodson. Yeah, Woodson was the cornerback from, uh, and also like you said, returned kicks and punts and and, and played a little offense at times. So put him in in a slot and uh, he'd run the ball occasionally. But uh, anyway, the odds-on uh, favorite right now for the uh, for the Heisman. I was uh, speaking. We were speaking to that uh, in the meantime. But it's not uh, Young open up as a favorite, followed by Ohio State C.J. Stroud. And right now he's running up on top. Uh, also, the Oklahoma transfer over at USC, Caleb Williams, is up there. Uh, 
um, and some other uh, interesting developments. So Anderson, that's Will Anderson, who's widely regarded, if not the top draft pick in the this year's coming draft, opened with sixty to one odds. It's down to forty to one. And of all things, after a big bet of eleven hundred dollars by Louisiana better, it brought it down to forty to one. So you wonder if there's an Alabama fan in Louisiana place that bet. Anderson sits at fourth place at thirty to one to be the first defensive player to win the award in twenty five years, as we mentioned. Uh elsewhere, uh two Alabama players are now in the top five for the most money for Heisman futures. And of course Bryce Young isn't one of them. And uh, Stroud, the uh, quarterback from Ohio State, uh, uh, Williams is, is another one, and Will Anderson and uh, B. Robinson. Jamar Gibbs is the other Alabama player. I think he's an offensive lineman and uh, with some uh, quality players. So uh, also, you know, Dylan Gabriel, I think, transferred from uh, Central Florida up to Oklahoma. He'll be the, possibly the starting quarterback. And remember the young man that gave US, UL some fits last year behind uh, Robinson, He's at thirty to one. So, uh, and also LSU quarterback competition, you know, is basically pretty wide open right now. But Miles Brennan is right now has seen his odds cut in half from one hundred and one to fifty to one. He's tied for thirteenth best. So, uh, who's Brian Kelly putting money on? Good that, question. You know, I, I you, know, you, you got to be tempted to lay down a bet on something like that. He, he might when have you a, get to pull the strings. He might have a ghost better, if you know My what I mean. My goodness. Anyway, other notables, uh, Arkansas quarterback K.J. Uh, Jefferson lowered his odds from 150 to 61. Nebraska quarterback Casey Thompson, 25, uh, went from 25 to 1 to 75 to 1. And Alabama running back, uh, he's a running back. I thought Gibbs was maybe an offensive lineman. He's a running back. He went from 100 to 1 to 60 to 1. Two of the LSU players listed, of course, are our own New Iberian, uh, Keyshawn Johnson, uh, Booty, excuse me, yeah. Keyshawn Booty, wrong, wrong league, and at 100 to 1. And transfer quarterback, uh, Jaden Daniels, also uh, is, uh, I think, 150 to 1. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how things come uh, to fruition with that, Jack. Uh, they've got a whole host of names. Uh, you, you could probably find anybody that has any kind of notoriety in college football for the Heisman Trophy right now. And uh, uh, things will play out. Uh, of course, the first game gets underway, I think, uh, the la- end of uh, August, I think, that weekend. 27th. Yeah. And, uh, of course, August right around the corner. And LSU will play Florida State in the Superdome, and uh, I think Florida State will have a game under their belt, too. Yeah, either against a mid-major or Division I uh, FCS school. Yeah, uh, and, you know, but it's always good to get a game under your belt and see how that's going to play out. Of course, I was trying to see if uh, for the first weekend's games in college football, uh, if I'll pull that up right here. You're talking about week one is in August 27th or yeah, the, the I'm, big I'm, week one? Yeah, that's, uh, that's what I'm looking at. Uh, and I'm just trying to see if they've maybe put uh, a number on the Tiger game. Of course, that game's going to be at night. I need to get to some night football here for LSU. But uh, not sure. I wonder what the betting odds right now would be in that game for LSU against Florida State in the Superdome. Um, I don't know, here we go. Here it is at, at 630. Uh, no lines yet on the game sh- yet. So for that game, I'm sure there is, but I don't see one here and what I have access to. So uh, anyway, college football underway. Training camps are breaking. Uh, UL with uh, Sunbelt Media Days tomorrow in that regard. Jeff, uh, anything else uh, 
you might want to highlight. Uh, well, ju- just since you were mentioning it, uh, that first week, August 27th, it looks like there's uh, 11 games. Uh, Austin P at Kentu- Western Kentucky, Big Big Ten game, Nebraska at Northwestern, Idaho State, Nevada, Las Vegas, Connecticut at Utah State, Wyoming at Illinois, Duquesne at Florida State. That's uh, the team, Duquesne. Uh-huh. Uh, Charlotte at FAU, Florida A&M at North Carolina, Te- North Texas at UTEP. And Vanderbilt is at Hawaii. Nice trip for them. Uh, Nevada at New Mexico State. And then um, games uh, are uh, then Thursday night, uh, September 1st, uh, game, week number two, if you will. Yeah, uh, Thursday night game. Thursday night. Yeah, uh Trying to see West Virginia Pittsburgh probably be the big game uh, in that regard. Uh, a lot of the smaller schools, Long Island, Toledo, Bryant at Florida International uh, on that September first uh, day. Eastern Illinois against Northern Illinois. Come on, Ooh, September first. Mark that on the calendar. Yeah, well, Eastern last year had a really tough year. <laughs> they went one in ten, and that's a where, FCS school. And where is uh, Eastern? It's in. Oh, I'm trying to remember the name. Edwardsville, maybe, uh, okay. or near Edwardsville. Uh, uh, but it's, Is that near the it's, Indiana it, state it's line? Pretty close to the Indiana state line and probably two hours south of Chicago. Yeah, another one, uh, one of our local teams kicking it off that Thursday night is La Tech travels to Missouri to take on the Tigers. So the Bulldogs uh, of La Tech, uh, who I'm surprised went 3-9 and nine last year. That was pretty ugly. They usually have a pretty successful program. Uh, the texters. So, uh, also Penn State and Purdue that night, uh, uh, September 1st. Uh, New Mexico State at Mi- uh, Minnesota. Uh, Na- Ar- Northern Arizona at Arizona State. Uh, Cal Poly at Fresno State. Uh, some of the other games. And then you head to Friday where they have a whole host of games that Friday. So, college football will be in the air before we know it, that's for sure. Holiday weekend, I would imagine. That's why you got. Such yeah. a big slate of Thursday and Friday games that first weekend. Well, technically second weekend, but yeah, and I think the Monday night game. Oh, they're going to Sunday night game. That's LSU plays on Sunday night. A lot of people don't realize that yeah. it's not a Saturday night game. It's a Sunday night game uh, over in the Superdome in New Orleans. And the Monday night game is Clemson will take on Georgia Tech uh, at uh, in Atlanta. I take it. Uh, I don't think that game's. Uh, yeah, it's going to be at the Mercedes-Benz uh, Stadium that's in Atlanta. So uh, with Georgia Tech's home field, Grant Field, over in Atlanta. So uh, right across in the varsity in Atlanta. So um, college football in the air, Jeff, and uh, just uh, just right around the corner. And the NFL cranks up their games. I think the first that uh, the Hall of Fame game in Canton is is that October, uh, October it's August the 4th. Is that right? Is that going to be next week? Not this. You know, they often have played that on the Thursday. Well, I'm talking about maybe even the Hall of Fame game where they crank it up up in uh, in Benson Field. Up in I want to say that game's. You're right. It's Thursday, August the fourth at 7 p.m. Uh, so Jacksonville and Las Vegas. So uh, kick it off at Tom Benson Stadium. Uh, Las Vegas, a two-point pick. I'm here in Las Vegas. Uh, a lo- Man, the whole Western Conference in the AFC is going to have to 
I mean, they have four really talented teams in Kansas City, Denver, uh, Las Vegas, and San Diego. You mean three of those teams almost made the playoffs last year. That's right. That's right. Denver was the only outlier that uh, wasn't in it that final week of the season. And uh, somebody's going to be left out in the cold because uh, only I think only six teams, is that correct, six teams make the uh, playoffs this year. I don't think they've changed anything in that regard. Uh, they're not going to 14. I wouldn't. I wouldn't doubt anything at this point. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to recall, but I mean, San Diego, Kansas City, Denver, and and Las Vegas are all strong teams, and all those teams made all the necessary moves. You know, Denver picks up uh, Wilson, of course, Mahomes in Kansas City, uh, Carr in Las Vegas, and Herbert in San Diego. I mean, that's four of the top quarterbacks in the National Football League, all playing in uh, one division. And those teams are going to be battling it out uh, against each other. And they're talking about that. They'd be the most dominant teams in the league. Uh, Miami's starting to get some publicity. They're talking about they should have a, a pretty good program also this year. After they let Flores go last year, they went on a tear. and uh, Or Flores was still there, and they went on a tear to uh, finish up pretty close to 500 if they weren't 500 last year for the Dolphins. So, uh and the Bills, what more can you say? Uh, Cleveland picks up Watson. It seems like all the young, talented quarterbacks in the uh, AFC right now. Okay, it is going to be 14 teams. Only one team gets a bye now. Okay, so the number one seed gets the bye, That's I'm it. sure. Yeah. So it is 14 teams, but wow. I think that may – yeah, the previous format was uh, six uh, and again, during COVID, I'm not sure if they expanded it. They, I think uh, they, they did. did. That's how yeah. I think the Bears snuck in there. Yeah, I think you're right about that. And uh, they took seven teams that year. And now this year in the, I guess, the 22-23 season of the NFL, they'll take another 14 teams into the uh, playoffs. And they're talking about, um, uh, I think, like you said, the the number one seed gets the uh, bye now instead of the top two seeds getting the bye. So, uh Wow, NFL's uh, just about here, and so uh, the three other division winners play the three wild cards. I would imagine host those games. Uh, the second best division winner would get the worst wild card team. The third best division winner would get the middle wild card, and then uh, the worst wild uh, worst division winner would get the best wild card. There was talk about also. Uh, Reseeding, maybe? Did you hear that? I have not, and I certainly hope that's not the case. Well, they talked about, you know, like if a seventh seed beat the uh, number two seed, would they re? Uh, there's a lot of talk. You hear all kind of things. So, anyway, but uh, we're going to go ahead and maybe take our next break, uh, unless you have uh, some little tie-up uh, ending uh, on that, Jeff. Now, just uh, looking to see if, you know, Anyway, this is some old news here. So, yeah, we can go ahead and take a break. And before we do that, uh, one of our sponsors, the Quarter Tavern, uh, had uh, a loss this past weekend. Uh, Ty Bodwan's mother, Patricia, passed away, uh, wife of former council member Curtis Joe Bodwan. And, again, our condolences uh, to the entire uh, Bodwan and Quarter Tavern family on that. Yeah, I'm sorry to hear about that uh, in that regard. In the meantime, uh, we're going to go ahead and take our second break this morning. You're listening to Bayou Sports here on Kane Radio, FM 107.5 and AM 1240. We'll be back with more 
right after this. Is it time for a new roof or to repair the old one? Hi, this is Jake Blanchard with LA Classic Roofing. We're a third generation roofing contractor that has been in the business for over 70 years. As a locally owned and operated company, we're also licensed and insured for your peace of mind. We offer free estimates and a $100 referral fee for full roof replacement. Check us out on Facebook at LA Classic Roofing. And the number to call is 465-3888. LA Classic Roofing, professional roofing solutions since the 1950s. The Quarter Tavern is the premier spot for live music. Be there this Thursday for Southern Jack Productions. Remember, never cover at the Quarter Tavern. 19 TVs has you covered for sports. No bar with more outdoor seating. Quarter Tavern, 910 East Main across from McDonald's. The best drink prices in DeBerry. Domestic beer now just $2. Imports $3 all day, every day, other than during bands and special benefits. And don't forget, Quarter Tavern now serving fresh fruit, margaritas, and daiquiris. At Arsino Ford, we're making it even easier with our Ford Mobile Service Van. For your convenience, we have a mobile service solution for you. You provide the vehicle, and I'll handle the rest. Ford Mobile Service. We make it easy at Arsino Ford. Hey guys, if you're looking for the top golf experience in Iberia Parish, you need to look no further than Kane Row Golf and Turf Club. Low or high handicappers will enjoy the beautiful greens, the recently refurbished sand traps, and incredibly plush fairways. And by the way, you don't have to be a golfer to enjoy Cane Row. The brand new clubhouse sports some of the best burgers, pizza, wings, and many other choices along with absolutely the best, most potent margaritas that you've ever tried. So whether it's golf, food, or just some fun, come to Cane Row and enjoy. A game without a crowd is just a scrimmage. A performance without an audience is just a rehearsal. Without your presence, high school sports and the performing arts aren't possible. Ensure that these essential extracurricular activities continue to enrich the lives of students in Louisiana. Purchase a ticket to your local high school's game or performance. This message presented by the LHSAA and the Louisiana High School Athletic Directors Association. Now back to Bayou Sports. Phone lines are open to talk sports at 367-1240. Welcome back to Bayou Sports on this big Monday, July the 25th. And, uh... Uh, Jeff, uh, I know I heard in the AP News uh, earlier today that a statue will be uh, set up tonight over at the PMAC uh, honoring Pete Maravich, the LSU uh, three-time All-American and uh, NCAA's all-time leading scorer in that regard. You know, Ellen uh, talked about the fact that the PMAC was already... I'm trying to figure out why you needed to be a graduate to get a statue, but they'll name a building after you, an entire building... After Pete Maravich, deservedly so, in my opinion, and I, I think in most of our opinions. But but yet, uh, no, statue, That's you needed a degree to get the statue. But, you know, the legislature is the ones that named it the PMAC. I think that's how they got by that particular rule. And that may be, and, and I do believe it's still the case. It wasn't always the PMAC until his death, right. right? That is correct. Because I don't think you can name a, a state building after... Uh, living person i think they have to be uh have passed away and you know i don't think if pete ever got his uh degree from lsu in that regard when well, obviously he was, not yeah once he was drafted by the uh, uh atlanta uh, hawks he went straight to atlanta i think he was lacking a few, a few hours a few hours in that regard and uh he um had his, but I think he had his number retired, though, if my memory serves I me correctly. I think so. Along with so. Uh, Shaquille O'Neal, Bob Pettit, and uh, there was a player back in the uh, 30s 
that are going to All-American honors. So those are the ones. I think Rudy Macklin even had his jersey retired, too, in that regard. But uh, Pistol Pete, uh, uh, I'm trying to think where about uh, – do they have any other? Does Shaquille O'Neal have a statue? I believe uh, so. And Pettit does P-Man? too. And Pettit too. Bob Pettit. I remember him sitting in front of me at an LSU uh, game one year, and my brother-in-law sitting on the side of me saying, "Don't you hate people who stand on chairs?" <laughs> <laughs> Pettit, of course, all of six nine. Uh, back in the day, uh, he was st- <laughs> had a seat in front of us. He'd stand up. <laughs> we couldn't see anything. <laughs> That's the worst thing. You spend money, good money, on a good ticket like that, and you've we, got an obstructed view. Yeah. Of course, Maravich, uh, the all-time NCAA leading scorer in that record, uh, and that's one of those records. Uh, I, I don't know if that ever fall. I mean, you've so got a few players play four years. Well, he only played three varsity years. Correct, and that's still remarkable. Uh, yeah. uh, that you know, averaging forty-four points a game and uh, playing and not playing the larger schedules like they do today. Even though the schedules are set at twenty-six games generally back then, it might have been twenty-five. Uh, he didn't play any any type of uh, you know LSU his senior year they went to the NIT but his sophomore and junior year they they didn't qualify for any of the uh, of course back then I think one team the conference champion made the uh, NCAA tournament I think the tournament back then was anywhere from sixteen to twenty four teams so if you didn't uh, have high ranking at Kentucky I'm pretty sure just about went every year while he was there with the group with Adolph Rupp with Dan Issel and Mike Casey and Mike Pratt and Tom Parker and that group for the Wildcats. So uh, I remember seeing them play when they come to Baton Rouge. We go watch Pete against uh, the the uh, Kentucky teams, and it was really entertaining to uh, to see Issel, who was about six nine, uh, didn't have any teeth in his mouth either. <laughs> he ended up playing in the NBA. I think he would play with Denver, maybe the Kentucky Colonels or the OABA. But it was a lot of fun. Maravich, uh, nobody could stop him. He, he was his own worst enemy. Uh, and he, what was, uh, and granted, he was a great shooter. Don't get me wrong. He wasn't a phenomenal shooter, but a great. But his passing and ball handling skills, top of the line. Yeah, and that's what uh, that's what amazed me uh, how he could control a basketball, and I'm surprised there weren't more black eyes uh, <laughs> on his uh, on his teammates uh, with him passing the basketball. So, statue of Pete Maravich, very well deserved. Uh, uh, took his life a little bit too young. Of course, died playing the game of basketball. I think somewhere in uh, California, maybe at a pickup game. No, I think he was uh, near Baton Rouge. Was he? I know he, he had. Was, he was playing, I think, on his driveway with his kids or something. I thought. I thought maybe he had died. Uh, he had a some type of serious, uh, I guess, a defect in his heart. I want to say he was playing somewhere outside the area. I think he was playing in a pickup basketball. I don't know if he was forty years old yet. When he uh, he died uh, in that regard, Pistol Pete. Uh, of course, he wore twenty three at LSU. He was forty one, or would have been forty one uh, later that January year. of eighty eight. Yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, would have been forty. I think his birthday was in June. June. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty 22nd. sure. Yeah, June twenty second. I'm pretty sure he was playing in California too. He was playing a pickup basketball game in California. That, that just comes to my mind. In that regard, for Pistol Pete, trying to uh, became a recluse for a couple of years. Um, let's see here. Yeah, he uh, after he retired from the Celtics, he played with the Celtics. I think he was in Pasadena, California. Yeah, he okay. was in the gym at the First Church 
the Nazarene and Pasadena group that included evangelical author James Dobson. Maravich had flown out from his home in Louisiana to tape a segment for Dobson's radio show that would air later that day. Dobson has said that Maravich's last words less than a minute before he died were, I feel great. Wow. An autopsy revealed the cause of death to be a rare congenital defect. He'd been born with a missing left coronary artery, a vessel that supplies blood to the muscle fibers of the heart. His right coronary artery was grossly enlarged and had been compensating for the defect. Died less than a year after his father's passing and a number of years after his mother, who had died of suicide with self-inflicted gunshot. He is uh, buried at Rest Haven Gardens of Memory in Baton Rouge. Oh, wow. Anyway, uh, just tragic uh, to see a young man lose his uh, life uh, at 40 years of age, but loved the game of basketball and uh, set all kind of records that I don't think some will ever be uh, taken uh, from him at all. Especially with today's game. That's right. I mean, That's right. he's one and done's two, two years is like a blessing for a coach. Now. I mean, a kid today would have to average probably about 30 points a game for 150 games to even have a shot at uh, breaking the all-time uh, total. So uh, don't see that happen. If you're going to average 30 a game, you'll be in the NBA a year or two later. Yeah. Anyway, uh, other big news, uh, boy, the trading deadline for Major League Baseball comes up at 6 p.m. Eastern time on August the 2nd. And, you know, the guy that won the home running contest the other day, Juan Soto, he turned down $440 million. There's even talk that Otani could be traded along with Luis Castillo, Wilson Contreras, uh, you know, the Yankees, the Mets, the Dodgers, the Astros are all going to be buyers. Cardinals and Padres seem to be uh, the Soto destination, but, yeah. but what do you got to give up? Oh, and you know, man. there's a lot of late season trade, or not late season, but trading deadline trades, where they're looking for veteran help. That's Soto's right. no kid. I mean, no, no old veteran. Twenty three years. Twenty three. There's a lot of years left, so it's not like you're sacrificing the future by trying to acquire him because he could be your future. He is, and he will be. Uh, and, you know, with the, I don't know if the Cardinals will prioritize. Uh, they've got some good young talent. Uh, will they give that away to pick up Soto? And then I think his contract runs out at the end of the year, so you got to worry about uh, beating off others. I, I've got to think he's got at least another year. Well, it's uh, we'll see. I mean, it took five, I think six years almost for Chris Bryant to get out of his rookie contract and be a free agent eligible, and that's what, precipitated his trade last year knowing he was he was he was always disgruntled because the cubs kept him in the minors until like may at some point in may when that year wouldn't have counted toward his ability to be a free agent so i've I've got to think soto's got at least another year on. but baseball unlike football and basketball baseball does not have a salary limit or cap they can they can wheel off what they want. They have course, a luxury tax. They do have a luxury tax. Not a You're cap. right about that. There's no cap. So if team is flush with cash, uh, and uh, the Dodgers and the Yankees being two of the uh, teams that uh, always have uh, with the, I guess their TV rights and all of that, uh, there's a lot of money. Andrew Friedman, you know, we're going to see what he's going to do for the Dodgers in that regard, and uh, trying to uh, keep the Dodgers. Uh, up at the top, so uh, the Cubs catcher, you know that Wilson Contreras remains on track. Uh, you think they're going to move him before the August second deadline? I, I was worried when he wasn't in the lineup yesterday. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. But then Gomes uh, hit 
two home runs. Uh, the Cubs sweep the Phillies. They've won four in a row. You know, if it, if this was 1981, they'd be in first place in the second <laughs> half of the season. That's you know, right. that's one way to look <laughs> at it. Looking at the playoffs. Yeah. But, uh, anyway, I mean, the Angels are talking about training uh, Otani uh, along with uh, Trout. There's talk about yeah. them trading, get, unloading their these two gems. You know, obviously they've done nothing with them. I mean, honestly, yeah, you're right. You know, they had a 14 game losing streak earlier in the year. They're they're great. Players individually, but that team has suffered. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they wanted to to get out of there. Well, my feelings are this: if you're going to pay somebody four hundred and forty million, which Soto turned down, you know how many really good ball players you can fit in at at, at thirty plus million a year. Uh, you could probably have two or three really talented ball players at ten, twelve million dollars a year, and that, that's my thought process on that. And uh, I know I, I, I anguish with that when uh, Pujols left the Cardinals in 2011 to go to the Angels for, I think, $240 million, a uh, 10-year deal. And lo and behold, uh, plays uh, and never hey, never hit 300 with the Angels, but knocked in 100 runs a few seasons and had 30-plus uh, homers each of those few seasons, but uh, never hit 300 again. And saw his average fall from when he was with the Cardinals from 326, and he's down below 300 now. Albert Pujols, of course, playing his last year, his uh, curtain call in St. Louis uh, this year, so uh, all well deserved. But trade time, Jeff, um, it's going to be interesting. Uh, it's the buyers and sellers, and they're going to have a lot of a lot of top names out there for the buyers, in my opinion. Apparently, Soto just signed a one-year contract. With the Nationals, uh, so yeah, he is a free agent. Of course, if he's a foreign player, that changes your uh, whole situation as far as uh, draftability and maybe the, the contract issues. But yeah, yeah, you're right about that. Anyway, moving on a little bit, uh, the Sun Belt Media Days is taking place in New Orleans at the Sheraton Hotel for uh, the 26th and the 27th. That's uh, tomorrow and Wednesday, and uh, they'll kick off Media Days. Of course, the Sun Belt uh, has, a, has a new look as James Madison, Marshall, Old Dominion, and Southern Miss will gather uh, at the Sheraton in New Orleans for uh, three new head coaches, Clay Helton of Georgia Southern, Mike Desimo of Louisiana, New Iberian, and John Sumrall of Troy, uh, will attend this year's events, which will also be the first Sunbelt Conference media appearance uh, for head coaches uh, Kurt Cagnetti of James Madison, Charles Huff of Marshall, Ricky Rahan of Old Dominion, and Will Hall of Southern Miss. First time in the conference 22-year football history that media days will be expanded into a two-day affair. And the Sunbelt's Eastern Division, App State, Coastal Carolina, Georgia Southern, Georgia State, James Madison, Marshall, and Old Dominion will participate on Tuesday, while the Sunbelt's Western Division of Arkansas State, Louisiana, ULM, South Alabama, Southern Miss, Texas State, and Troy will appear on Wednesday the 27th. Each head coach will be joined by a pair of student-athletes. I'm trying to recall who might be there with the Cajuns heading to uh, the uh, media days. The first 14-member Sunbelt football conference uh, continues, and uh, their bowl win percentage of the Sunbelt right at 65%. So uh, it leads all conferences right now in that regard, Jeff. So uh, pretty impressive for them. And uh, we'll see what Coach Desimo, uh, he'll be on uh, this. It starts tomorrow, but he won't – 
uh, be in the media days till I want to say uh, Wednesday. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what he's got to uh, mention talking about. If yeah. that's their real names, will <laughs> represent the Cajuns at uh, SBC Media. Day. Yeah, that Smith is should be uh, the young man, uh, Chris Smith. And yeah, the running back, linebacker Andre Jones. Yeah, so uh, well qualified uh, young men. So uh, Jones. Uh, and also uh, Smith, a talented running back, uh, who helped uh, beat uh, Iowa State his freshman years. He ran back a, a punt and a kickoff of touchdowns as the Cajuns downed uh, ranked Iowa State that year. Anyway, I'll uh, wrap it up before we uh, head to our next break and, uh, and also today in sports history. Anything, uh, anything more? Nope, that's uh, it. But uh, yeah, confirmed it is Wednesday that they Okay, will, that uh, Mike will be on. Yeah. Hopefully, uh, we'll have some. Uh, th- uh, excerpts from him for that we will on thursday no doubt okay in the meantime uh you're listening to cane radios bayou sports here on fm 1075 and am 1240 we'll be back with more right after this nowadays none of us can be without adequate insurance coverage but we still want to be sure we're getting the best value for the money that's why so many people call the schwing insurance agency to get a quote the schwing family has been handling the insurance needs of businesses and homeowners for almost 80 years you can depend on schwing insurance to find the coverage you need at the best price so before you buy a new policy or renew an existing one call the schwing insurance agency for a quote at 365-2357 schwing insurance 300 east main across from the shadow With more than 50 years of pain diagnosis and pain relief experience, Headache and Pain Center offers the latest in interventional pain relief techniques at two locations in Gray and here in New Iberia. Compassionate board certified physicians and the caring staff offer minimally invasive ultrasound and fluoroscopy guided procedures that diminish or eliminate pain without open surgery, opioids, or major downtime. When you're in pain, you know who to call. Headache and Pain Center, 337-560-0880 or go to answertopain.com where opportunities are created not waited on that's the danos difference i've been here for 23 years the opportunity for advancement within danos was pretty evident early on in my career they give you a lot of tools and training in order to learn the oil field industry it has been an excellent ride for me join the team that does it different at danos.com that's d-a-n-o-s.com at Arsenal Ford, we're making it even easier with our Ford Mobile Service Van. For your convenience, we have a mobile service solution for you. You provide the vehicle, and I'll handle the rest. Ford Mobile Service. We make it easy at Arsenal Ford. Hi, this is Boxcar Badgerow, inviting you to join me and PGA Golf Professional Teddy Slyman for Chip Shots. Mondays from 5 to 6 p.m., we'll take an in-depth look at the local, state, and national golf scenes. And we invite you to chip in with your calls at 367-1240. Chip Shots is sponsored by the Coca-Cola Bottling Company, GolfBalls.com, and our local golf clubs, Eagle Ridge, Cane Row, and Sugar Oak. So let's make it tea time for 5 p.m. on Mondays for Chip Shots on Kane. Stream us live on Kane1240.com and catch the podcast the next day. Now back to Bayou Sports on the all-new Kane 107.5. Welcome back to Bayou Sports here on this Monday, July the 25th for our day in sports history of this day. And uh, it's always uh, uh, one of my favorite times in this show. Uh, in 1902, three years after winning the title from English boxer Bob Fitzsimmons, American champion James J. Jeffries repeats with an eighth-round knockout in San Francisco for the heavyweight crown. 
uh, I think uh, Jeffries ended up losing it to uh, uh, Jack Johnson, uh, the first African-American to win the heavyweight championship back in 1914, 1915. 1940, uh, American John Sigmund uh, begins swimming for 89 hours and 46 minutes. He went from St. Louis to Caruthaville, uh, Missouri, down the Mississippi River, 292 miles, the longest solo swim of all time. I thought that was interesting. I mean, you realize what you're going up against. I don't care. In 1940, you still got every all kind of boats and tugs and everything in the river. And, yeah, of course, he's swimming downstream. I don't think he'd make it going up. Jack LaLanne <laughs> pulling uh, barges right. uh, in the San Francisco Bay. That's right, uh, the late Jack LaLanne. Anyway, 1941, 41-year-old Lefty Grove wins his 300 and final Major League uh, game as the Red Sox defeat the Indians 10-6 at Fenway. Uh, in 1949, Stan Musial hits for the cycle, beating Brooklyn 14-1. Of course, he got the handle of the man from the Giant fans when he hit five home runs in uh, one afternoon and a doubleheader. Giant fans kept saying, here comes that man. Meanwhile, on this date, uh, 1961, Roger Maris hits 37, 38, 39, and 40, the number in homers in a doubleheader uh, for the Yankees. In 1966, uh, Yankees manager Casey Stengel is elected to Baseball's Hall of Fame. Of course, famous for his Stingleese. Basically, that Stingleese, you'd ask him one question, he'd talk for 20 minutes about that. What year was that? 66, he was elected to Baseball Hall of Fame. Of course, he, I think he'd... Lost, uh, he didn't become, he lost, uh, I should say, illness uh, took him away as the manager of the Mets in 64, 65. And I think, uh, I'm trying to think if Wes Landrum was uh, the manager, but Gil Hodges uh, came along later. Of course, Gil Hodges, elected to Baseball Hall of Fame, uh, uh, was inducted yesterday. Uh, just too late for that. that. Gil Hodges died of a heart attack, I believe, in 70 or 71 down in Florida in spring training. Meanwhile, 1978 on this date, Pete Rose sets the NL hitting streak at 38 consecutive games. Of course, Rose's streak was stopped at 44 by the Atlanta Braves. It's the second longest in Major League Baseball history. Gene Carver, I remember watching it. Did he beat the NL? He got the NL. NL. We Willie Keeler, he beat. I think Keeler was at uh, 40, maybe 40, 42 games hitting streak. But uh, I remember Gene Carver struck him out in the ninth to end it and win the game. for What what uh, year was that? uh, 1978. Okay. Still with the Reds then? Oh, he was. Yeah, Yeah. and, and, you know, uh, he's been invited back to philadelphia has he they're uh, celebrating the 1980 world series team and he will be back in philadelphia well at a philadelphia phillies event uh officially for the first time uh, since uh, his suspension oh wow anyway uh rose uh, of course everybody said he should be in the hall of fame yes with his stats and all yes but can't bet on baseball folks and not about it for 10 years Meanwhile, also in this date, 1990, Roseanne Barr sings the national oh anthem. You remember that one? I that, do uh, remember that. With the Cincinnati Reds at San Diego in the Major League game. I wonder what Ray Kroc said after that game. No, I think Ray, the late Ray Kroc was still alive. But she, uh, uh, you could still find that somewhere. Just uh, horrible. Anyway, in 2021, the U.S. men's basketball team see their 25-game Olympic winning streak end by uh, getting beat by France 83-76 in the first-round match in Tokyo. Uh, Of course, that was last year. Elsewhere, today's birthdays, Woody Strode. Uh, When I mention this, you'll remember Woody Strode. Uh, He was born on this date, 1914. He was a football in with UCLA and Jackie Robinson back in the day and also played with the Rams. He was an actor in Demetrius and the Gladiators, the Ten Commandments. 
Valance, Spartacus, the man who shot Liberty Valance. Uh, he was born in Los Angeles on this date, and he passed away in 1994. Woody Strobe was about 6'4", about 230. I mean, a specimen of a man. Meanwhile, 1935, Larry Sherry was born on this date, National League pitcher, World Series MVP in 59 as the Dodgers beat the Go-Go Sox in the World Series in the Coliseum in Los Angeles. He was born in Los Angeles uh, in this date. He passed away in 2006. Nate Thurman, the great Nate Thurman, born on this date in 1941, basketball Hall of Famer, San Francisco Warrior, seven-time NBA All-Star, born in Akron, Ohio uh, on this date. In 1954, Sweetness of the NFL uh, Walter Payton, Hall of Fame running back, uh, NFL MVP in 77, nine-time Pro Bowler, five-time first-team All-Pro for the Bears, born in Columbia, Mississippi. Of course, Sweetness passed away in 1999, uh, I believe, uh, had cancer of the liver, was it? Uh, it was a rare form of cancer, uh, and he knew real early on that things were not looking good for him. Yeah, yeah, you're right about that. Also, just want to mention this, and kind of morbid, but... Uh, in 1997, on this date, uh, Ben Hogan passed away, a nine-time uh, major title winner of the Masters in 51 and 53, dies of a stroke at 84, and uh, what a great name and great player for the game. Uh, of course, Ben Hogan, who knows what else he would have won after that tragic automobile accident in 1949 with he and his wife. Basically, he was saved himself uh, as he shielded his wife as an oncoming bus hit him head-on in the fog somewhere up in uh, Texas, uh, uh, western Texas. Uh, the great Ben Hogan uh, uh, passed away on this date in 1997. And with that, Jeff, uh, pretty much wraps up today in sports history. All right. Uh, anything else uh, worth noting? Well, tomorrow we got the Sun Belt Conference uh, uh, media days over in New Orleans. Of course, uh, Coach Mike Desimo not coming on until Wednesday. We'll try to have a little bit of that for you Thursday morning. Elsewhere, just kind of look at the trade deadline. Saints open training camp Wednesday over in Metairie, and we'll see uh, what that take place. You know, the Saints looking for possibly another running back, but not showing any urgency there in that regard. Brought in a few. But in the meantime, and waiting for, like I said, trades in baseball. We'll see how that heats up in regards to the uh, stretch run uh, come August and September. There you go. I want to thank uh, our sponsors, Bayou Sports, brought to us by Arsenal Ford, L.A. Classic Roofing, the Quarter Tavern, Cane Row Golf and Turf Club, Schwing Insurance, uh, and the Headache and Pain Center, our most recent sponsor. Appreciate their support of Bayou Sports. Uh, we'll look forward to it tomorrow, don't Yeah, I do. And uh, as we said, stay tuned. Bayou Sports each morning right after the news, weather, and uh, obits here every day until around 8.15. Next is uh, the Breakfast Club with Lee Kay. Absolutely. Stay with us. You're listening to KANE 1240 AM and K298CQ 107.5 FM, New Iberia.